You are listening to the VBAC Link Podcast. This is special episode 12. And you guys, this episode is near and dear to my heart. We have a very special person. Her name is Jennifer. And her birth story is very unique. She does has not had a VBAC, but had a twin birth and experienced both vaginal and a cesarean. And so she is going to share her story with you. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. All right, Jen, we're so excited for you to be with us today. And Julie, she is totally not a crier, but she may just get emotional about this story. I've heard this story from Megan's point of view, and you know what? Not making any promises about keeping <laughs> the eyes dry tonight. No. <laughs> it's such a beautiful birth story, and it's such a beautiful story in general. Jennifer is incredible, and we will definitely have her full story on the show notes today. But we're going to turn it over before I get going and start <laughs> sharing her story from my point of view. <laughs> hey, um, I'm so glad you guys thought of me. It really has been, it really is a crazy story, the birth but I feel like I should give like a precursor to leading up to the birth because I feel like it will kind of make sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So going way back, my husband and I, you know, known each other for a while, been best friends off and on. We got married and two months after we got married, um, they found a tumor in his chest and Mm -hmm. we moved back home He went through six months of chemo and surgery, removed the tumor, and he was cancer-free. So we were so excited, super happy, and Mm -hmm. he was in remission for less than a year before they found a new tumor. Mm -hmm. And this tumor was super rare. They didn't even have a name for it. And things weren't looking super hopeful. And uh, the only thing that they were able to do was find a chemo that helped him, the tumor, from growing. We couldn't find anything to stop it or shrink it. You know, shrink it. But we did find something to, like, prevent it from growing. Mm -hmm. And he was able to live, like, a normal life for a while Um, he did chemo on the weekends and we kind of just like tried to live as normal as possible. And that's when we decided to do IVF because we really just did not want cancer to like hold us back from living our life. It has already taken so much from us and Mm -hmm. that was something we did not want to have cancer take something that we've always wanted. And, you know, that's, that is a hard decision, you know, and I'm sure like if someone 
was in my position, like, would choose differently. But, like, for us and what we wanted, that's what we wanted. And, you know, we had faith that he would get better, and we wanted to live life that way. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to live life with this constant, like, cloud and negativity. Like, we wanted to live life to the fullest. And so that's when I, that's the reason I did IVF. And we were so lucky that he was able to bank some sperm before the first time he did cancer or chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And and that's the way we were able to have kids. We still had that sperm from a couple of years previous. So I went through the whole IVF process. I put one embryo in in December 2016 and it didn't work. And I was just so devastated and I really thought it would work because you know um, everything was okay with me you know the reason we were doing IVF was because Justin still is on chemotherapy treatment you know we had to so I really thought it would work and I think that was when I really really knew I wanted kids you know when you have the chance and it's taken away from you and you're like yeah I really want that like it was really hard and I think seeing other people like post things you know, pregnancy announcements were so hard. And I just remember like kind of going through like almost a morning that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what really like played a role in knowing that I needed kids later in the story, which I'll reference back to because so we, I decided to wait until I was done teaching and do it during the summer because it was too stressful. <laughs> so we waited and tried again the summer of 2017 and it worked and um, we were like so excited we got our positive pregnancy test and they were like okay well let's wait until six weeks to get your ultrasound which is the longest wait ever oh yeah, yeah. like yeah. even though I had that positive pregnancy test I still was like what if what if what if like that's what IVF does like it just messes with your mind you're like you have to like be positive all the time. Be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we, so all I wanted was that heartbeat. I'm like, if I just get that heartbeat, I'll be okay. I won't stress anymore. I'll be happy. I won't worry. Cause you have so much writing on that pregnancy mm-hmm. when you do IVF. Like you've already done surgery, all these shots and hormones. You're just like, please let this work. Cause I've been through a lot to get mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And so all I was like, I just need to hear that heartbeat, and then I'll be okay. So we go into the ultrasound, and the lady's like, oh, how many did you put in? And I'm like, why is she asking me that? <laughs> and because I know we put one, in, one embryo in. Like, that's the nice thing about IVF is, like, you really get to choose. And I chose one because I was like, there's no way I can handle two. So I'm going to choose and your one. Family, I'm in control. And your family wanted you to do two, right? Yeah, my dad was like, we'll move out there. We'll help you. Just put two in. I was like, no, No are you crazy? Like, no. It was so funny. And, yeah, so the lady's like, the ultrasound tech's like, oh, um, I'm pretty sure I see two sacks. And so then we had to do, because that was just on my tummy ultrasound. She's like, well, let me double check. So we did the vaginal ultrasound and... Sure enough, 
there were two little heartbeats. And I was in complete shock. Justin was through the roof so excited. I was freaking out. And it's so funny because I feel like the first thought I had was like, oh my gosh, that's it. I'm going to have to have a C-section. Like, that was like one of my first thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all I heard about with twins, you know? Yeah. And that was like a worry. And I was just in shock. And it was him who really helped me, like, get excited about it. And then once we started telling our family, it kind of, like, made it, like, okay, like, I can do this. It's going to be okay. (laughs) And... It was crazy because IVF, you still have to do your shots until like till 12 weeks until you're like 12 up to 12, 14 weeks of pregnancy. That's like the normal. So my husband was like going to work, going to school, one class at night and then chemo. And then he would get up early and give me all my shots before he left for work. And like, even though he was feeling crappy, like he's still like, took care of me like they made me breakfast in the morning when I was so sick it really he was amazing so it wasn't until I was almost I think I was seven months pregnant when uh, my husband got sick and we thought you know with chemo if you catch a common cold it can last weeks mm-hmm. you know you're you're just different than the normal person your immune system just can't handle it so we thought, oh, it's been one week, it's been two weeks, like, okay, like, this isn't normal, like, you're still coughing, and we went into the hospital to get uh, checked up, you know, what's going on, and we thought, oh, we'll probably just, you know, be in there for the day, and they didn't know what was wrong. They gave him every antibiotic they could think of that would cure just like a normal flu or a pneumonia, and nothing was working. And they admitted him into the hospital, and no one could figure out why he had these high fevers, and every day was such a hurdle like of stress and anxiety, and Every day, it was, like, bad news and bad news. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I don't think we're getting out of here anytime soon. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of feeling this stress. Like, I'm almost close to my due date. Like, this is, it was really, really hard. And just things just weren't looking so promising. And there were days that just were really scary. And I remember being so terrified and not excited anymore like I remember not wanting I regretting my decision at times why did I do this you know I was not I'm you know am I going to be strong enough to be a single mom if that's what's going to happen you know asking myself all these hard questions and I was so scared and I thought back to when the first pregnancy didn't work with IVF and how depressed I was Mm -hmm. and how badly I wanted it. I had like with my therapist, like we really had to like talk through that because it was really hard for me and kind of mourn that in a way. And I just remember thinking I wanted this so bad, you know, and I just had to remember the way that I had felt 
and that mm-hmm. this is what I wanted no matter what. So I feel like, you know, maybe that experience was to help me during this time and just to like be more excited and positive. And after he had been in there for months and I think me and you came a couple weeks before he was released, mm-hmm. it came, it got to the point that, you know, this was serious and I don't know if he's going to be there at my birth. And I had a friend and it's so weird because I'm usually, I'm a planner and I had not really thought about my birth at all. I just kind of was going to go in to think like, well, the nurses know what they're doing. So I'll be fine, right? No. (laughs) Now that I know, I'm like (laughs) so glad that my friend suggested, you know, you should look into getting a doula. I had never heard that word before. And they kind of explained it. And that's when you came, and oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did that, you know. And um, so you came to the hospital for that visit, yeah. And I'm sure it was just like crazy. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, so I talked to your mom, like I think it was like the night before, maybe, and she kind of explained the situation, and I was like, yeah, like okay. Right. And like we set up a meeting and then like I remember pulling up to the Huntsman Cancer Institute and parking. And then I walked down this like really long hall and my heart just started like beating. And like I started my palms started sweating. And then I Mm. walked to I got to Justin's door and I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like it's going to be okay. And like then I walked in, met your family and I just immediately fell in love with all of you. Mm. Yeah, it was it was a little daunting though a little bit walking down those that hall you know yeah like am I really walking into someone's hospital room to help them like I just can't yeah yeah it was you know it was a different different experience but one that I'll never forget and I'll cherish forever but yeah it really yeah now that it it's just like I now that we I have time to like think back and process things you know I can only imagine the situation but I'm just so glad we did that because birth was the last thing on my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these babies, everything was Justin. Like my heart, my mind, my emotions, my energy was him. And I just didn't have time to think about what was going to come. So having you was like the biggest blessing because it helped, you know, prepare for that. And I just remember, you know, everything, like he got, he was in the hospital for a month Mm -hmm. and everything was geared toward, let's get him there. Let's get him there. And every morning we'd be like, okay, let's walk from the couch to the closet door and back. Mm -hmm. And he'd get up and he'd walk there and back and be like, okay, you're going to try to eat a thousand calories today. And this is how our day was every day leading up to the birth. It Mm. was like, let's get you there. And what can we do to get you there? Like, how can we get your strength up? And that was like what we were doing. And it was not how I imagined my birth to be because he's such a support. 
for me. Like, he knows exactly what to do, what to say to help me get through hard situations. So knowing that, like, he wouldn't be there was so hard. Oh, you know, like, yeah. the task of, like, how am I going to do this without him? And it just, you know, it's just really hard to accept the reality of it. And it's just not what I pictured it would be. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that, you know, he was there for the part, some parts of it. Yeah. So finally, I remember I was texting you a lot, mm-hmm. but I ended up getting preeclampsia the, a week before my due date. Mm-hmm. So I was 37 and a half weeks. And it was miserable. <laughs> I you, seriously. I've, I still have never so seen swollen. anyone see, be so swollen. I have never. Your swollen wasn't even swollen. Like, I don't even. There's a whole different word. Like, you. Seriously. You, you poor thing. Like, you had to. Have been, had to and like, it was overnight. Like, you, yeah. you were good. And then it was like, bam, bam. Like. And this is the thing about preeclampsia. It comes on so fast. Yep, I literally sure went to the doctor on Friday. Yeah, Blood I was with you. It was great. Yeah. Yes. We were there. You were. And you were, you were a little swollen, but your blood pressure was great. Everything was good. Everything was fine. And literally in 24 hours. Yeah. Oh. I barely made it to Monday before they admitted me into the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, so then, so my mom and I went to the hospital. And I remember my mother-in-law texting me and just seeing how my husband said to her, like, I wish I was just getting my jeans on, getting in the car and driving over with her. Like, it was just as hard for him yeah. not to be there as it was for me to not mm-hmm. have him there. Yeah. And I can only imagine, you know, what he was going through, you know, not being able to be there for his wife. It probably was really hard. Yeah. And you guys but, messaged um, in between a little bit, right? Like you guys yeah, had FaceTime. Yeah, so we had, stuff. yeah, during, we had Marco, Marco Polo, Polo yep. <laughs> during the whole thing, and that was really sweet. I uh, remember that morning checking in and being like, I swear, if they send me home, I will lose it. Like, get these babies out of me. I was so <laughs> miserable. Between, like, not, not being able home. to sleep at night and the swelling, oh. I'm like, they better induce me or something. I think the reason I wanted, you know, both the twins' heads were down and mm-hmm. everything looks good. And I remember, you know, asking for an ultrasound before I even made the decision to be induced. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I don't want to start this process if one of them is transverse and I can't, you know. So my doctor was like, Literally, the only thing, you know, the only thing that would cause a C-section would be a heart rate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's, like, what ended up happening, heart rate dropping. Yeah. But I feel like I really wanted to try. Like, I wanted to experience birth. I, you know, I didn't want, obviously, no one wants to have a surgery. And I just remember thinking, there's no way I can be recovering from a surgery. Like, I have twins and my husband's sick, like, there's no way I can do that, you know? Yeah. So, of course, I wanted to really try for a vaginal birth. And that was, like, important to me, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And your, labor, your so, labor was going smooth. Everything went smooth. Like It's so funny because I think back and I'm like, 
some days, this was like a week, you know, couple, a weeks after giving birth and the whole thing. Some days I'd be like, oh, I should have just got a C-section. Because mm. like that day, my like vaginal recovery was so painful Hard. or something. Yeah. Yes. And then another day, like my C-section scar was bothering me. I'm like, I should have just, why didn't it just both work the vaginal way? Like it was mm. so funny how I changed my mind. I feel like if I had a vaginal birth, if I had a C-section, I would have always been like, I should have just done a vaginal, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've thought a lot about it. But um, anyways, the OR, this is the whole thing that's so confusing. It brought so much drama. But like when you have twins, you have to deliver in an OR room. Mm-hmm. That's like standard mm-hmm. procedure. And you can have your husband there. Yep. And... I wanted my husband there, but I also wanted Megan. <laughs> I wanted you to be there because mm-hmm. my husband wasn't there to really be there yeah. emotionally or physically. Wasn't like strong enough to yes. be the birth support that you needed, but he needed to be yes. there. He needed to yes. be with you. Totally. And it was crazy, but they let him be there. Mm-hmm. and you, which was like a miracle within itself. You know, I just was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And yeah. uh, I I remember thinking, I feel like a vaginal birth with an epidural is really like, I feel like it was great. Like, even though I had weird contractions. You did have weird contractions. Really <laughs> weird. Like, he, I remember my doctor saying, like, that was, I've never seen that before. Like, wow. I had a long waiting Wait. period in oh. between the pushes. Mm-hmm. I don't know the terminology. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember waiting a lot. It was a big, long each break. Push. Yeah. And then the contractions were actually kind of long. Yes. Like, abnormally long. Mm-hmm. So, like, your body was taking big rests and then, like, sprinting up this big, long hill and then taking a big rest. It was very interesting. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like a vaginal birth was not as, like, hard as I thought it would be in the way that, like, I always saw on movies and stuff. <laughs> but I feel I can see how it could be a beautiful moment and, like, you know, with an epidural, like, you know something that's not so traumatic because I feel like my everything about my birth is very traumatic Mm -hmm. but I could see how it could be amazing and not so difficult like mine was I think I wonder if my contractions were like that because of the twins who knows but I know I know but I so Everett baby a comes out I don't get to hold him, but Justin gets to hold him. So Justin's mm-hmm. holding him oh, in the wheelchair next moment. to me. And I'm just kind of looking over and all I'm thinking about, you know, from day one, I found out I had twins was, is baby V going to make it? Is baby V going to make it vaginal? Is baby, you know, that just like threw my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, please, please, please. Like what's going on? And, I don't know how long it was before the, my doctor was like, I'm sorry, Jen. And I knew exactly what he meant. And mm-hmm. I remember turning over to you, mm-hmm. Megan, and just seeing like, 
no, no, I can't remember what I said, but I just obviously was really upset. Yes. And And there was a lot on top of, like, being told. So what happened was he broke the baby's water and the baby's heart rate, for some reason, just tanked. It it went down and it wouldn't go back up. And he tried. He really did. He stimulated the baby's head. He was trying to turn the baby a little bit to try and get the baby's heart to go back up and it just wasn't and he wasn't willing to continue to risk it and that's when he said I'm sorry Jen like I know this isn't how you wanted it and then it kind of just turned a little crazy getting just crazy you you have to tell this story because <laughs> <laughs> I was out of it uh, well well yeah I mean it was just crazy because we Justin was on the other side Justin was on the side of the OR table so Justin was on the side that we needed you to get on and in his condition, he just wasn't able to pop up and run around, you know. Yeah. And so, like, I went over and the anesthesiologist went over and we helped him get over onto the other side and helped him get, he was holding the baby and we took the baby back in to, like, the little nursery area, like, on the other side of the, you know, the OR, mm-hmm. where also your mom was as well. Um, yeah. And so then the and then I kind of got locked in there for a second, too, because everything was kind of just crazy. Nurses were throwing things around and moving Jen and trying to get her over there. And, you know, they wanted to get this baby out fast. Yeah. And then finally I saw a clear path to you. <laughs> and so I zipped back in and just sat and held your hand. And, yeah, I mean, you you were going through a lot. You were going through a lot. What do you remember? What do you remember? So I feel like this is this is the part of the story that I always tell when I'm telling someone about a doula and how much it's worth it to have a doula is for this moment. I always talk about this part because you, so, so much was going on. And I remember, did, did you help me get the, um, the nurses were telling you to get out. Mm-hmm of the room and it was the anesthesiologist he that kept, actually said he kept no me right there yep he kept me right she there. can stay and I feel like you helped get my body onto the yeah him and table. the anesthesiologist and I we were helping kind of move you and then we actually helped you get back into the bed after after the birth it's just him and I it was him and I for a lot of it yeah and like enough. yeah I remember because the nurses were just crazy all over the place and I started to throw up and you were there. You, you had a bag or something mm-hmm. helping me. And then you literally narrated everything. Okay, Jen, they're cutting you open right now. The, you know, like step by step, you know, cause I'm panicking. You um, need to know what you know, was going on. I just was so worried. And then I was like, I can feel stuff. And then the best part is when he's sewing me up afterwards and he's about to staple me shut. And you were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she doesn't, you know, no like, staples. she doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I would have ever had been able to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was amazing. And I feel like even if Justin was healthy and he was there, like, he wouldn't have known to say that, you know. He probably oh, wouldn't no, have no, known no. any different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like yeah. it's just things like that that make 
it was so worth it to have a doula there. Like, and you just were my voice when I couldn't be a voice. Yeah. And I'm so grateful because now I don't have those train tracks, but like, (laughs) and, but like little things like that helped so much. Mm. And, uh, my mom talks about when they pulled Marshall out and he was all blue. Yeah. And he was in the NICU for like five hours. Yeah. I think it wasn't long. Yeah. He was out that night, later that night. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very traumatic. And like any time someone would come into the room and start talking about it, I start to shake my whole body and I get mm. cold and like, I just kind of had like this, I don't know, postpartum, like traumatic experience. I don't know what they call that, but it was really hard. And I remember, you know, the weeks after being really upset about it and not being able to accept that I had both vaginal and a C-section. Like that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting on a twin group and saying, I'm ha- I'm struggling with this and has anyone else? And there were a lot, there were some people that were able to, you know, message me and, and I was able to talk about it because it was really hard because it was, I was so frustrated that I was Mm -hmm. dealing with both. Both recoveries. Yeah. I couldn't walk or do anything. And then on the other hand, like here, I'm like, one day I'm like, this is, I was like spraying myself, whatever you do after, you know, thinking, ugh. This is so frustrating. If I just would have had a C-section, I wouldn't be dealing with this right now. I wouldn't be, you know, it. every day it changed. Mm-hmm. Like where one day I would be feeling a C-section and the next day the vaginal. And it took me a long time to come to terms with how my birth ended up. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. You know, I think, you know, we talk about it a lot just with cesarean in general and a lot of no most cesareans are unexpected like completely off the radar and not expected and 99 percent yeah are unplanned or unexpected unexpected and so it's really hard and so when you're like okay baby a came out vaginally and then everything just switched so fast and it was very it was just a lot it was very heavy um there was a lot going on and you could feel a lot and because you you didn't have a spinal, you had an epidural. And so it wasn't mm-hmm. as heavy as most women yes. would have having a C-section. And so the anesthesiologist, you know, kept saying, she's feeling this, she's feeling this. And so he kept giving you more, which kind of made it harder, too, for you to kind of stay mm-hmm. kind of lucid. Is that the right word mm-hmm. with us? <laughs> but yeah, and then after just like, it's hard. And I think it's normal for you to have had that time to process and really kind of grasp your mind about what happened that day. Yeah, it was it was hard, but man, you have two cute, cute little boys. They're That's so cute. They're so cute. I actually had a friend message me, and she also had a C-section, and she thought, you know, because she had a C-section that her baby would be different or not mm. develop the same, mm. and... I remember replying to her and being like, well, I am a great source for you. Yes. <laughs> I have both and I can compare yeah. both. And actually, my C-section baby develops faster than my vaginal one. So, 
I don't what think do you there know? really is a difference. They all end up eating goldfish off the floor from the van at some <laughs> point or another anyway. <laughs> I know it. I know. No, yeah. And um, you're just such an inspiration to so many. And so now, now that you've had a little bit more time to kind of process your birth, you kind of talked about like going back and forth. Or how are you feeling now about your birth? Are you still kind of processing it? Are you still going through it, the motions or... Are you, how do you feel about it? I feel like now that I'm not feeling the physical pain of it all the time, like I was that first month, to, you know, two, three months after, it has been a lot easier. And I think, you know, it's so hard not being able to physically do the things that you want to do and feeling like limited by that. And, I think that was the hardest part too after my C-section was this is taking so long. I can't hold my own baby. This is awful. Like, And once I got past that, it got so much better. And now I don't even think about it. And my doctor actually said, you know, interesting enough that because the first baby came vaginally, that I have a very, very high chance of having another vaginal birth yeah. in the future. And I remember he's like, yeah, once you've had a vaginal, like your chances go up. And I remember like feeling reassured by that when he told me that. That was like a couple weeks after they were born. But yeah, I think it's a lot better now that time. I think time just heals that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, you just sharing your story and everything, you know, it's so hard because so many women do have, they don't experience at the same time, but they, they experience the same type of birth just in different situations. And so hearing your point of view too, I think it's just going to inspire so many women to, and, and also validate them to be like, okay, I've been, I had that feeling too. Like, well, I should have just scheduled the C-section or, mm-hmm. Or or going the C-section route and being like, oh, I just, I wish that I would have just done the vaginal. So I think you're just, you're just going to help validate so many women and their thoughts and know that all of these thoughts are normal and it's okay. Yeah, that, that is, I, I hope so. I, that would be awesome if I could help yeah. others in that as well. I think it's, it's, you know, everyone says, well, you have your healthy babies mm. because of it. So it's fine. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, totally. But it doesn't, you know, it's still something that I have to process, go through. Absolutely. And I struggle with, you know. And I think that's important to know as well. Like, it, just by saying that doesn't, you know, erase, you know, the pain and the thoughts and the feelings on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, and, um, Julie talks about that too. Like, it's okay to mourn the loss, you know, your experience, but be okay and be happy that you have yeah. those healthy babies. Those two feelings yeah. are not mutually exclusive and sometimes we act like they are. Like you can be so happy that you have healthy children and you can also be sad that you lost the birth experience that you wanted or that you envisioned in your mind. And it's it's a complicated space to be. And uh, a lot of times we just don't acknowledge that and we don't give credit to the fact that how we as women feel about our birth experience matters just as equally as the fact that we have a baby. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, totally. Seriously, thank you so much for sharing your story and I guess allowing me to share some of your story too. <laughs> I know, it's so fun. <laughs> but man, it was it was an amazing day and and I will forever be grateful for you guys inviting me to be a part of your space and a part of your journey and you know, I continue to follow you and your story and the boys and as this year is cut you know we're already getting to spring like we're we're getting into almost a year ago when i met you uh, yeah and crazy. it is so crazy it's so crazy so but i just love you and we will make sure to tag your instagram page in the show notes as well so for those who yeah. want to follow jen and her story and learn more about her and the boys and justin definitely go over to instagram it's let's see what is it coco's Coco's, Coco's Caravan. Caravan. That's what I was thinking. Aww. Coco's Caravan yeah. is her her Instagram, and it's pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome page. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. And I really do hope that, like, you know, someone can listen and also, you know, feel better from listening and know that we're not alone in these, Absolutely. you know, situations. Absolutely. And you're not. You're not. You're not alone. There no. are many women out there. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Even with my rare vaginal and C-section. <laughs> yes, there are. The you, you have met them. You have even met them <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.